It's a resolution in the U.S. House of Representatives. It's bipartisan, which, well, if you take a look at what's going on in the Senate, hard to believe it can even happen. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. It condemns, does this bipartisan resolution, the Chinese government over its handling of coronavirus. It is led by Democrat Seth Moulton, former uh presidential candidate and congressman jim banks of the indiana third district that is northeast indiana uh the fort wayne area for people who know it uh, congressman banks joins me on the phone right now uh, sir give me uh the the basis of the resolution and what you hope the resolution does well thank you tony we're, we're going to file it here in just a few minutes uh, when the House opens up at 11 o'clock, um, and hopefully it sends a strong message and signal, not just to the American people, but to China, that there is a strong bipartisan push in the Congress to hold China accountable for their negligence and role in the spread of COVID-19 or the uh, coronavirus. And the language of the resolution, Tony, we make very clear, we, we say that, uh, quote, uh, the Chinese government made multiple serious mistakes in the early stages of the outbreak that heightened the severity and spread of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, which includes the Chinese government's intentional spread of misinformation to downplay the risk of the virus and a refusal to cooperate with the international health authorities, internal censorship of doctors and journalists, and malicious disregard for the health of ethnic Minorities, end quote. It goes on. It's it's uh, several paragraphs uh, long, Tony. But the 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 gist of this is that what uh, what the National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien said last week: if the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist Party, would have allowed um, us to go in way back in January and study this virus, that would have saved us two months in the response. Instead, it cost us two months in America and our response to this pandemic, which is so costly, not just to American lives, but to our economy and uh, what, we're, what we're heading into in the storm that's on the horizon when, when we pull out of this mess. So let's hold them accountable. I'm proud that my Democrat colleague, Seth Moulton from Massachusetts, uh, signed on to this with me. We, we already have a dozen just uh, in the hours that we've started talking about this, we have a dozen others who have signed on as original co-sponsors. So I want to get into to China's culpability, but one of the things that when you discuss China, and certainly I've experienced this in the social media world because people are reactionary and not thoughtful, uh, they'll say to you, oh, sure, you're talking about China to deflect from, from President Trump's failures. You even had President Trump yesterday referring to how important Chinese Americans are and they don't deserve any attacks. They should not be uh, treated poorly for what's going on uh, from China. He was very, very clear uh, about that. But the, the conversation goes to administration failures on testing. You want to talk about China's delays. What about America's delays? Uh, great work from a man by the name of Alex Stapp, S-T-A-P-P, talking about the failures of the FDA that in the Food and Drug Administration, there were laboratories ready to engage testing, but these laboratories weren't given basically the permits. They weren't given the waivers to be able to do the testing, and that cost the entire month of February. So whether you want to call it the Trump administration or whether you want to call it government at large, isn't there a place where the U.S. government failed the American people for not moving fast enough by ripping out even more of these regulations, which now has been ripped out? 
Tony, I, I, I know when we get out of this, we're going to look back in our rearview mirror and we're, we're hopefully going to learn many lessons about bureaucracy, about government mandates, about government overreach that prevent us from responding in a more adequate uh, fashion. I happen to believe President Trump has shown enormous uh, effective leadership in the time in a time of crisis when we need our president to do so, and pulling together the team of of people around him uh, to to address the issues related to this pandemic. Uh, I I believe he's risen to the moment. I give him an A plus uh, for how he has handled this crisis. But that doesn't mean that there haven't been a lot of roadblocks along the way caused by government, caused by our own federal government bureaucracy that have prevented a more adequate response. But one of the lessons that we're going to learn from this, I hope, is the is how dangerous the uh, the how, how our engagement of our economy is with China. When we learn that the VA, for example, purchases um, a vast amount of medical equipment uh, from China, or we recognize that 95 percent of Tylenol and other and, and uh, uh, a lot of the emergency medical equipment that we need in a time of a pandemic comes is entangled in the, the Chinese uh, supply ca- supply chain, China's economy, one of the major lessons we need to learn here is is that. And also on top of that, if we're going to spend trillions of dollars in taxpayer dollars to respond to something that the Chinese government could have prevented um, due to their negligence and, and their, uh, their disinformation campaign, their propaganda that has come out of their country, that is going to cost trillions of dollars of, of our taxpayer dollars, saddling my daughter's generation with even a greater amount of national debt, uh, we must hold them accountable for that. And I've, that's why I've called for reparations from China, whether it's uh, erasing a vast amount of our national debt that China holds or issuing tariffs that we can use funding uh, on Chinese goods that we can use funding for uh, to create some kind of a coronavirus uh, victim relief fund for those who have been affected either personally by the virus or due to the economic strains uh, of losing their job because of this pandemic. Those are just a couple of ways that we can start with to hold them accountable. But this bipartisan resolution shows that there is a vast amount of support among members of Congress to hold China accountable for their substantial role in the pandemic and crisis that Americans are enduring at the moment. Talking to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District, this bipartisan House resolution that he is leading the charge on, condemning the Chinese government over their handling of coronavirus. And I'll say to you that you can have, first of all, there are a, thing, a lot of things to learn. And to learn from our own government uh, red tape regulation failings of how to deal with these situations will hopefully make us better for the next one because I'm certainly not uh, naive enough uh, to not notice that there are enemies who see what happens with a biological weapon and maybe see opportunity. But when we get back to the China conversation, because two things can happen in at the same time, a serious regulatory issue with the FDA and China's lying. This is the we're not talking about the Chinese people. We're talking about the Chinese government. We're talking about the communists. They do indeed lie. They have lied. And one of the lies that we keep hearing about is whether or not not only did they bungle it from the beginning, not only did they not allow the CDC in to engage the epidemiology of coronavirus, but we also hear that maybe this virus was two months earlier in the spread than we were made aware of. What do you 
you no to that? And when we talk about the money and you talk about some of the places, why can't the money come from the debt that we already owe China from the money that's been borrowed? Why pay them back when we can just pay the people, buy the respirators, buy the masks, et cetera? Well, I, I think that's where we start, uh, uh, Tony. That, that's exactly where we have to start. And I've, I've called on President Trump to explore the possibility of of um, the, the over trillion dollars of debt that China holds of ours, of, of erasing it and sending them a bill for the cost, uh, the equal amount of cost that they've that they've um, placed on the American taxpayers due to due to what we're going to the the the, uh, the stimulus package that the Senate I mean, at, at one point. It was had a trillion dollar price tag today as a two and a half trillion dollar price tag of what that stimulus will cost. My daughters um, and your children, Tony, shouldn't pay the price for what China has, uh, what what their negligence that has led uh, uh, to to having to pass a stimulus package um, like like we are. So I think we start with the the national debt price tag and we, we actually have a president in the White House, who um, who understands the China threat, who campaigned for president on the China threat, that understood that China is trying to displace us as a global leader. That that is their hundred year uh, uh, mission to economically and militarily to dominate the United States of America. We need to hold them accountable for things like this to prevent them from ever uh, ever uh, uh, fi- finding themselves uh, in the role as a as a global dominant power over the United States and uh, place more harm on the American people. So that, that's where we start is by looking at the national debt. And I think there are ways to do that. And I want to work with the administration to find the proper way to hold them accountable by erasing uh, that enormous amount of our debt that they hold. Uh, before I let you go, uh, two, two questions. This move from Speaker Pelosi and from Senate Minority Leader Schumer on a bill in the Senate that seemed to have been agreed to, and then next thing you know, not uh, agreed to. What is the take uh, from members of both parties on Capitol Hill uh, to this new maneuver to not once but twice not even allow discussion on the bill? This is one of the most shameful things I've seen come out of, of Speaker Pelosi since I've been in Congress, Tony, and that's saying a lot. I mean, the, the, the senators in a bipartisan fashion had a deal on the table. Pelosi flew into town and said that's not acceptable to her. And uh, and blew it up as I've as I've said on Twitter this morning. She ripped it up, um, harkening back uh, her egregious behavior at the at the State of the Union address. I mean, if you if you read through the provisions that are in the Pelosi bill that she's put on the table, from requiring a fifteen dollar minimum wage on businesses that accept stimulus to Green New Deal type radical environmental provisions um, on airline companies that accept accept stimulus, which would be all of them, um, to federalizing elections. I mean, th- these are uh, to immigration provisions, Tony. These are things that have absolutely nothing to do with the crisis at hand that we're trying to pass a stimulus package to provide relief to the American people. I can't imagine, Tony, that my Democrat colleagues aren't as embarrassed as I am by this type of behavior coming from their speaker. Um, but I, I, I know I shouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm still surprised at a time like this. Our leaders like Speaker Pelosi don't rise to the moment, put politics aside, put, put their um, all of their special interest uh, uh, giveaways to the to Democrat voters aside and do what's right for the American people and pass the stimulus bill, bill uh, that's on the table that the senators had, had already negotiated with their Democrat colleagues among the Republican leaders in the Senate. So it's shameful. 
Um, I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. And I hope that today leader, leaders will rise up and, and, and get over the hump and get something passed out of the Senate so that I can go back to work, call, get called back to Washington and do our part in the House to pass something and send to the president's desk to sign and, and provide the type of relief to American businesses, small businesses and workers who have been so drastically affected that I'm hearing from nonstop in my district to do what we have to do to help them. Congressman Jim Banks from the Indiana 3rd District, I appreciate you taking the time. The China story is a good one, and it shouldn't be the whole of the story. I mean, wait till I go through with you the TikTok of this FDA issue. You will not believe it. You will not believe it. You will say, my God, in America, we can't do better than this. We've talked about it already. Things have gotten better with the reduction of regulation. Well, this story is going to make you scream, and yes... There was a problem with testing, and I would even argue that some people could have made some decisions to make it move faster. But I don't think we quite understood the level of tape involved. But let's get into China and their lies. Jim Garrity of National Review is scheduled to be with us next. He's gone through the TikTok. We'll go through it together. I'm Tony Katz.